Blog Talk Radio.
You know what? We've been in the darkness too long. And sometimes it's hard to see. But all we gotta do is. Jonathan Slocum. What's up, dog? 
dude, I mean, do we go together? Just, <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> I'm just asking, you know, with an intro like that, I, is my tongue down your throat or what? What's going on, man? Not, not in the least, but, but this is the thing, Jonathan. This is the thing. I, I'm I'm a fan. Like I, I'm not only a comedian, but I love comedy and I love comedians yeah. because people that make people laugh for a living, they they make that in itself makes you a special person because people don't know we absorb the burdens of the people that we work for. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I mean, I'm 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 the same way, man. I'm a I'm a huge fan of yours. I tell people whenever they bring up your name, I said. Me and Rodney, I knew Rodney when he was thin and light-skinned. That was a long time ago. I mean, not even many people can even, you know, I'm the one that's even that That's how far we go back when you was light-skinned and weighed about one fitting. Hey, I had good hair. I had good hair. great hair. Man, I'm honored to be on your show, man. I listen in all the time. Um, I was hoping for my chance because I'm like, when am I gonna get on get to be on the show? So, but you, you know, you know when it, when it, when you when you walk in in divine order, things just work out perfectly. And speaking of perfectly, man, I want to get right into it. Brand new show, brand new network, Aspire, man. Tell me about the show, Jonathan, and and, and even more. Tell me how you how how it came into your lap. Well, you know, I hope that a lot of comedians don't hate on your show and actually listen in because they can learn a lot of things. And I've finally taken the posture in my life and my career. I'm going to go ahead and just, you know, try to – I'm going to go ahead and just throw the knowledge out there because I got a lot of it. I used to try to – I kind of run away from it because, you know, for whatever reason. But, you know, I'm old enough now and I've been through a lot. One thing that I want all comedians to hear me, and that is to take – full advantage of every opportunity to be on the stage okay. because you never know who is in the audience. I can't overemphasize that enough. So one thing that a lot of comedians kind of frown on is the whole idea of being, quote, the warm-up guy. Yes. Because I ain't going to be no warm-up guy. I'm a headliner. I'm a blah, blah, blah. Dude, being a warm-up person is probably as as important to a show than the person that's hosting the show, the person that's directing the show, because you are responsible for that audience. That's yeah. why I always tell people when I do that work, I'm not, I don't even want to use the phrase warm-up. I'm an audience host. I'm yeah. in charge of the audience. It's just like me inviting everybody to my house. So this past year, you know, and previous years, um, Ms. Zonona Clayton in Atlanta, Georgia, whom I owe a debt of gratitude to, I always do the warm-ups for her uh, Trumpet Awards, which airs most times on TV One, and I've had hosting, hosts from everybody, from Samuel L. Jackson, Denzel, Chris Wayne, Tucker, yeah. I mean, Chris, you know, many people. And so this was probably the biggest of my doing that. So this year I'm doing the warm up for the Trumpet Awards. And as I do every year when I when I do my last break I come out and thank the people, you know, for having me. But this year, Rodney, when I said, look guys, this is my last break, thanks for I said thanks for it and the place went up with a rousing standing ovation like I've never received before. Wow. And 
So right from that, I mean, I actually broke down in tears on stage because I was overwhelmed. And the applause was led. The first person stood up was Aretha Franklin, then Tyrese, then then uh, uh, Eddie LaVert, then Earthwind. I mean, people just started standing all over the place. And I was overwhelmed. So that night, I was always hinting to TV when I on my own show. But I didn't know that there were other people in the audience that was also taking notes. Right. So for years, Magic Johnson has been a, a fan of mine, um, you know, from the days of hosting Essence Music Festival to doing the NAACP Image Awards or whatever. Magic, you know, he digs me. Even so much so that his mother, people don't even know this, his mother has a booking agency out of Michigan, and she used to book me for gigs based wow. on her love, and, her love for clean comedy and Magic always does whatever. So uh, make a long story short, at the end of that night, I was approached by this guy named Brad Siegel, who is the general manager, I'm sorry, the president of uh, GMC in Atlanta, and he said he wanted to talk to me about something. Then a week later, I was in Nashville for the Stella Awards. He pulled me aside. He said, me and this uh, NBA Hall of Famer, who has a big smile, and everybody was working on this project, and uh, we want you to be a part of it. We got to do our own network, our own TV network. And we want you to be the person, uh, the face of comedy for the network. So I heard that, and, you know, okay, I took a little grain of salt. Then fast forward, he calls me up, and uh, we have a meeting, and he explains to me what's going on with it. And so I became the face of comedy for Aspire um, that started with the launch in June 27th. Man, that's amazing. The name of the show is Groundbreaking Comedies. Uh, Magic Johnson, uh, Aspire, a great network. And, and what's it like for you to be on the ground floor of something? Because, you know, a lot of times we as, as talent, you know, something has already been in existence for years and years, and then we come in and we just hired hands. But what's it like for Jonathan Slocum to be on the ground floor of such a great thing, man? You know, it, 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 it's kind of bittersweet because I've been, I've, how can I put this? I've been the trailblazer to a lot of things. I was the first at many things, and then when it jumps off, unfortunately, they go to other people to, uh, you know, build on what I had already developed. You know, there are people who do comedy inside of churches exclusively because of me. I'm the first to done it, and it was never even thought of before. That now people are doing albums and so forth, and people are hosting TV shows <clears throat> because of what I did in church. Anyway, now, now so, I, 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 know, I know this, Jonathan, you know, the, yeah. the gospel comics that I know, they all defer to you. You are absolutely the trailblazer for that genre, but yeah, you, yeah, you're even yeah. taking it to another level in that, to me, you kind of have transcended what gospel comedy was, and now you're you're taking it, you know, to a more global level. I mean, I look at you as, you know, just my brother in comedy. I don't I don't just I don't put you in a box of a gospel comic. What what, okay, what, well, is, what mean, is that for you? Well, let, let, let me it, man. I wish I had the whole show. There's so much I I can talk to you about just that. Hey, hey don't even line, don't even don't don't worry about the time. We, we this Rodney Perry live. We 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 got time. I got you. Okay, the, the the real bottom line, Rodney, is I never intended to be inside this box that happened. And I'm not mad at it. You know, it did a lot for me. But unfortunately, what I didn't do is I didn't grow it. I didn't brand it properly. 
So here we are now, people are trying to make it a genre, and it's really not. It's just, you know, a lot of comedians, unfortunately, have decided, uh, no, the fortunate thing, they decided to follow Christ in their lives. That's good. But they think that in doing so, they got to be in this box of, uh, quote, Christian people, and that's just not the way it's supposed to be. And um, what I'm doing is I'm not taking it to another level. Now, now wouldn't, you, wouldn't you agree, though, Jonathan, that it's definitely an audience that needs to be served? And I would even venture to say the audience is still underserved because there is no television that exclusively talks to the black Christian. Like, you know, I can watch TBN, but that's not really a black network. Okay. Okay. No, 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 no. Let me stop you because, no, there's not, it's not an underserved audience. And there's not an audience. See, these, this is what has happened in our culture. People think that black folks are basically one-sided. And they give us what they think we want or what they think we need. Mm. In theory, we black people, we love comedy. And we're the only demographic of people that has to separate different, uh, as they call it, genres within one real genre. Like, there is comedy. Like, white folk, they don't have white dirty comedy and white clean comedy and white whatever. They just have comedy because they built that, they built the whole uh, comedy uh, grouping. So people know that there's a Jeff Foxworthy and then there's a Bill Burr. I mean, they just know because they right. support right. all of their people. We, on the other hand, you know, we don't have the, the option of choices. You know, it should not even be. See, black folk, what people don't know is the black Christians, they don't listen to gospel radio. They listen to Tom Joyner right. and they listen to right. Steve Harvey and they listen to Ricky Smiley. Because real Christians are very balanced like that. They have no problem in coming to, uh, to go here in Jill Scott on one night and then go here in Yolanda Adams on another night. But people don't see that they do both. They think that Christians only do one thing. So there was no need to serve the Christian body with comedy. Christians just need to know that they have an option. That's where I'm coming in. You know, with my branding, the rebranding, cuss free comedy is just a way to identify the comedians that have done clean comedy uh, without compromising, without trying to do, you know, quote, a clean set. They just prefer to do it clean. Right. And so I'm telling the people, you know, don't go to Rodney Perry. Everybody knows Rodney Perry is raw and ridiculously hilarious. But and I know I know that you don't mind cleanly doing a clean set. But well, I do them all, all the time. Yeah, yeah I, I know. But, but I'm saying, why do we have to go to Rodney Perry to change who he who he is to do his his real? Let Rodney do what he does. It's great. Okay. If you can, if you don't like his language then choose something else. But the thing is, they have nowhere, they got, they got Sinbad and Cosby. They think that's the only two black people. And now they were cool. you know. And so we don't have to, we just need to provide more of an option for people. And that's where I'm coming in. With this show, Groundbreaking Comedy, it's not a comedy show. What Magic and Brad have decided to do is to 
educate the world with things that have been groundbreaking in our world. Mm. So groundbreaking comedies, rather than they bought the rights to some sit some some sitcoms. Okay, rather than just throw the reruns on there, they've attached a host to the rerun so we can talk about why this show is groundbreaking. Oh Being wow, nice. The, the Bill Cosby show, the Flip Wilson show, Julia, these are groundbreaking because they were first in doing the things that we now are privileged to to watch on television because of that. And Aspire also has programming that's going to be breaking new ground. So my next uh, I've already done two seasons of hosting these shows. Now my next one will be I'll be producing and hosting and creating a show that's you know, stand-up oriented, and then we'll be bringing new comedians that you've never seen before, in addition to those like your hamburgers, AJ Jamal, Michelle Foreman, people like that who've been in the game for a long time. We're going to do specials on that. So what we're doing, we're just broadening everything to the point that people have choices. That's all I'm saying. So, you know, the, the Christian people know they can go to church on Sunday or Saturday, and they can go see the OJ, and they can go see Kirk Franklin. They can do it all. And still not at all. Hey y'all, hey, y'all, this is Rodney Perry. You're tuned in to Rodney Perry Live. We're talking to Jonathan Slocum. He's at Jokum Slocum on Twitter, and you can check him out on his website, JonathanSlocum.com. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm such a fan, Jonathan. Uh, your TV work on Steve Harvey's show was so ridiculously funny. Uh, yeah, man. <laughs> I, wait, wait, wait. I, I, I have to give a good, quick shout-out for you. Let me go. I uh, spent the summer based on the Trumpet Awards. I toured the summer... With Aretha Franklin playing Jonathan, Jonathan, can I ask you a question before you answer? <laughs> tell me, tell me about Aretha Franklin. First of all, she handpicked you for this job. Tell us about, tell us about it, dog. She, I got an email two weeks after the, the Trump Awards, and I, I'm telling you, man, I, I got two days coming up with Earth Wind. And I mean, it was just crazy. Anyway, so Aretha's agents uh, called me up and said, look. I don't know who you are. I ain't never heard of you, but Aretha Franklin believes that you're the greatest comic out there. She wants you to do all her dates. Wow. Awesome. And the first one was at Radio City Music Hall. And the second, we did two shows there. The second one was the day of Whitney Houston's funeral, the one of which Aretha didn't go to, and people thought she did or whatever. But the fact is, she just overextended herself the night before. So, you know, I have... To be with the Queen of Soul, play a Radio City, the Fox, play, I mean, was all over this country, Vegas and everything. What's it like working with Aretha, dog? What's she like? Well, see, the thing is, it's like you sit back and you watch, you're like, this is the Queen of Soul. This, This woman has broken all kinds of records, and this woman calls me one of her favorites, and her show is banging. She has a full orchestra. You know, and for her, for my name to come out of her mouth, I'm just overwhelmed and honored by that, man. And uh, the the first time that happened, ironically, was with the king, uh, the godfather, James Brown, did the same thing. I toured with him, you know. And I, I'm Wait just, a minute, oh, John, you got to stop right there. You toured with James Brown? Yes, sir. Played Carnegie Hall and, and all wow. those things with him, yeah. That's amazing. I mean, I, you know, I, the, the unfortunate thing, Rodney, is I've done so many groundbreaking things that I didn't have proper publicity. People didn't know about it. That's why I'm glad I finally got a publicist now. And Carlos Scott at Envision Marketing and the PR, shout out to my people. 
Yeah, man, they doing they doing an incredible job. They reached out to us, and I'm like, man, that's a no brainer, you know, because I'm I'm a fan. Now, now let's talk about that, John. Let's, let's talk about your journey because what I'm hearing you saying, Rod, you know, I, I may probably I should have marketed better. What would you say to the young comic that's coming up in reference to social media and network marketing? Uh, what's your take on that now? Well, the thing we have we. Imp- Okay, there's a word that is destroying our people, and the word is greed. Mm. Greed is destroying us. People have made it appear that it's all about the money. Money is something that's needed and is good to have, but greed has overtaken us. I'm saying that to say this, and you might you know this too, Rodney. There are gigs I do sometimes that I make no money. Mm-hmm. I mean, actually in dollars, but. If it's going to make sense to the growth of my career, my branding, I'm going to do it. Anything that says national, I'm going to, I'm going to ask for money. Right. But I'm going to get something. I probably would get less money, you know, because I know that there are certain people that people call on that have more of a name recognition. I'm, I've spent seven years on the Steve Harvey show, but I'm not Steve Harvey. Steve right. Harvey is asking amount. Most people, you know, can't afford it. I know. But I know that. When people call on me, that's specifically something that they want from me. So what I tell comics is never say no. I mean, try to negotiate something, but you can make it benefit your growth. And that's another problem is we don't grow. It's like a building is a thousand bricks before it becomes a building. So you can't just have a building. you got to build it brick by brick. So take every gig that you can. You know, I hate it when I'm home on a weekend. I feel like I've not done anything. Oh, I know you, that you and me both. <laughs> I, I tell, I tell my kids, if you, see, you see your daddy more than two weekends in a row, we 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 might not eat that much. That's exactly right. You know, and I live in California. It's like eight times more expensive than anything else out there. Yeah. But more importantly, is you know, don't look down on any opportunity. Make it make it work for you. You know, uh, I'm just now really understanding the. The beauty of Twitter, uh, you know, Facebook, we're having a fan page, which is Comedian Johnson Clogan, please like me. Um, you know, but the, the, the bigger picture is take advantage of everything. Don't let the money overtake you. You know, I know comedians who live for money, and it's good, you know, to make it, like I said before, but let it be your end all. You know, take it. There's a stage, you know, you're in Atlanta, you know, there's a stage. Take it. You never know who's sitting in the audience. You never yeah. know. That's the thing. What is your What does your family think, Jonathan? I mean, you've been doing this twenty years, man. What, what What's 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 your family's take on on your longevity in this game? I've been very fortunate, Rodney. You know, I've never had a real agent. You know, I know as in uh, William Morris or the other ones. Uh, you know. I don't have a track record of being able to sell tickets that people can look at and decide they want to invest in me or whatever until now. Um, but they know that I've lived by the uh, motto that says, I will not compromise to be recognized. One of the kings of comedy put me inside and I spoke to man. People put me inside and said, man, you dress real nice. Women love you. Da, da, da. Why don't you do a little bit of custom, man? You will make so much more money. Really? And, and, yeah, yeah. And in theory, I, you know, maybe, but I just believe that 
you know, and, and the person that I look up to more than anybody, when I had a chance to open for him at his alma mater, Bill Cosby, the greatest day of my life. Wow. And um, I'm trying to keep his legacy alive. You know, when he leaves, um, there's nobody that people can say is doing what he's doing, what he's done. And I don't think he would have to necessarily be, quote, clean, but it's just the person that he is. In my everyday life, do a few cuss words come out of my mouth? Yeah. I got that gift too, but I just, <laughs> Wait, Johnson, I, just I, I don't I can't say that I've ever heard you curse, and yeah, well, I would be mad if I was at a comedy club and walked out and heard Johnson Slocum talking about mother mother da 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 did I? I was no, like, what? No, you, no, 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 you would never hear that on stage. But I grew up in the last you know ten fifteen years in understanding that um, you know who I am is my ministry, not what I do. So I understand that God is my father, and people think, you know, you can make mistakes, you can be whatever, but he ain't going to never turn his back on me. So if I say a few cuss words, he ain't mad at me. He'll slap me on my hands, they don't say it again, and life goes on. And that's how it is with the whole, you know, thrust of all of it. You know, God ain't one of them people. And people kill me pointing up to the sky. Ain't nobody out there. God is in your heart. That's wow. where he lives. That's why he's everywhere. He's in your heart. Ain't no man upstairs. Ain't no book, nobody in the sky. Ain't nobody up there. He's in now, your heart. When you do good. Now, Jonathan, Jonathan, I know over the past few years you really worked hard to shed the quote-unquote gospel comedy moniker. Mm-hmm. How successful has that been for you? And does your audience get it when you tell them that that's not what I'm doing right now? Well, see, most audiences, you know, my audience never really, they weren't the ones to really, you know, give me that moniker or that title. I, I did it to myself. Okay. As far as they're concerned, you know, I'm a, a comedian that's funny, you know, yeah. has a great presentation on stage. At the end of the night, they go, whoa, 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 hey, he didn't cuss. Why was I laughing this out? He didn't cuss. They recognize it, but they don't, they weren't looking for it, you know, um, the fact that I'm on so many different kinds of stages, there's no real way to really classify what I do, but I'm just trying to rebrand some, something that never was really developed. You know, people don't even know. When Michael Jordan launches Jordan brand, I think it was in 97, whatever, in mm. Vegas, I hosted that event. He wow. called my house. Michael Jordan called my phone number. I picked up the phone. I had just done the warm-ups for the Image Awards, and it's, the people at Nike, Bob Knight and everybody, get that guy to host your launching at Vegas. I did it. Me. Of all the comedians in the world, he chose me. Wow, you know, that's awesome, dude. So, Man, so, so I, think, I think what you're saying is so awesome, too, in terms of, uh, I mean, I, I'm just taking it in as a comedian because, you know, to me, the warm-up guy is a guy that gets overlooked a lot. And to, to hear that you've done these events and people really didn't overlook you. That speaks to who you are on so many levels. Yeah, that's the reason why, you know, I think the best comics are people persons. I, you know, I know Rodney Perry. Let me tell you something, man. I was in, in um, Nassau a couple weeks ago. Our girls in Ona Clayton celebrated her 82nd birthday in, wow. Be- in, um, in Nassau. She had all of her big name friends, whatever. Chris Tucker was one of them. Chris Tucker is arguably one of the biggest black stars in, you know, on the planet. Yeah. 
And this brother gets out of his car. Of course, people recognize him. He had no security. He didn't have any, you know. He just stopped, took pictures, hugged, signed autographs. That man has the right to say, I need security because he's right. a megastar. Doesn't do it. Ronnie Perry don't walk around with security because Johnson Slogan doesn't. We love people. Yeah. And we are quite aware of the fact that if these people decided to say, screw us, our, our careers are done. Because yeah, we can't true. do without people. Those are, that's what I tell comedians. You know, first of all, learn your audience. Know who your audience is. I don't do hip-hop. Nothing. I don't, I don't know hip-hop. You know, <laughs> I don't, you know, and I'm quick to pass on. I was in uh, Philly one time doing something with, um, uh, well, who used to be the quarterback for the Eagles? Um, Donald uh, McNabb. McNabb. They had a white linen party. You know, I, I was invited by him, so I was there. And then this lady, this lady from um, uh, one of the beer companies, she said, we're doing this thing with some hip-hop college, whatever, blah, blah, blah. We saw you or whatever. Man, you would be perfect to host our um, our tour. And then I told her, I said, you know, with all due respect, thank you for the offer, and I would love to take your money, but that's not my audience. <laughs> right. So my, man, so my man was in the audience. Um, what's the little guy, the, the short guy's name, Rodney? Um, Big Smile, he does a, um, a, a a golf event here in L.A. every year. Oh, oh um, Alex Thomas. Alex Thomas. He was right there. I brought him over. I said, now, this cat is the one you need. So wow. I passed it on. I passed up money. Because it wasn't my audience. Again, I'm not. I love money. I ain't. I won't do anything for money. I could have just faked it. But no, Alex Thomas would kill that. Right. You know. So at the end of all of our days, we gotta know our audience and love people. That's the key to longevity. Ladies and gentlemen. This is Roddy Perry. You're tuning in to Roddy Perry Live. We're talking to my man, Jonathan Slocum. The name of the network is Aspire. Uh, Magic Johnson is the face of it, but the face of the face of it is my man, Mr. Jonathan Slocum. It's called Groundbreaking Comedies, man. I'm so happy for you. I'm proud of you, man. And, and you really giving us something to really think about in terms of really not turning down any gigs, man, and, and really moving moving your career forward always any any parting words you got for us before you get out yeah i mean i'm, I'm you know this has been a great year right it's, it's probably has been the best year because of all the diverse opportunities i've been doing i'll be back in atlanta again on uh the 28th uh with the 100 black men um atlanta classic we have a big concert uh that night with uh jazz artist marion meadows and nice. temptations featuring dennis edwards and then I'll be, uh, after that I'll be, you and I got a day together. We're going to be in Dallas. Uh, yes. This thing called uh, uh, Laughing Down Loud. Loud. It's, yes. It's in the church, you know, but it's, the church will be a venue for comedy. And please, uh, don't come there expecting for, you know, altar calls and ministry like a lot of these comedians do. We don't do all, all that. It's, we inside the church doing comedy for the people that can enjoy this kind of comedy. So, you know, because I'm saying that, right, because a lot of these comedians who are, Gospel, Christian comedians, they, they have altar calls now, and they have a... Well, you know, I mean, some, some of those guys are ministers, though, but I, I, I yeah. personally, that's not my gift, so, you know, I mean, I did it. so be it. <laughs> Mine neither. You know, but, um, yeah, so, 
I'm, I'm so what's, your, what's your official Twitter, Jonathan? Because I got two or three different tweets, Twitters for you. You at Jokem Slocum. That's the one. The one I had before, uh, the real Jay Slocum, was done by our former publicist, uh, late uh, Sheik Sims. So I don't yes. have any passwords for that. So don't go to that one, ladies and gentlemen. It's at Jokem Slocum. That's the one I go with. And my Facebook fan page is Comedian Jonathan Slocum. Uh, yeah, so that's where that's where I am, and not the other one does not exist. Okay, done deal. It's Jokum. He's at Jokum Slocum. That's at J O K E U M S L O C U M B. Jokum Slocum, the man, the myth, the legend. Thank you for coming on the show today, man. I love you, brother. I appreciate you too, man. Can't wait to work with you again. If you're in Detroit, I'll, I'll be there October sixth. Uh, show called The Clean Side of Comedy in Detroit, October sixth. I'll be in Seattle on October 13th for the Black and White Ball by somebody's organization. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll be with Frankie Beverly in Mays and Gladys Knight in L.A. on uh, October the 19th. And then I'll be in uh, Buffalo, New York on October 28th. So go to my... You, <laughs> on you, your and you say, say all that to say, you working, dog. I, you know what? A brother is working right now, you know, and, and I ain't mad. I love so, it, man. Hey, Jonathan, so man, thank, yeah, thank, you. thank you for coming thank on, you. man. God bless you and yours. Hey, y'all, this is Rodney Perry. You're tuned in to Rodney Perry Live. That's my man, Jonathan Slocum. We come back. We continue Virgo Month with my girl, one of the coldest comedians out there. Ladies and gentlemen, my girl, Vanessa Fraction. Come and hold my hand. Won't you come and chill out with the Virgo? Hey girl, just come and hold my hand. Won't you come and just chill with the Virgo? We sipping on Merlot. You ain't gotta be my girl though. I drop you off at Willoughby and Murdo. Smash with the Virgo. Ain't got to take a shirt off. You see me convince your homegirl though. Uh, she says her life is too hard. She says that she wanna come and deal with the guard. Promise me that she gon' play her part. Cause what I spit gets straight to her heart. And she damn fine. Feet hammer time. Damn if I mind. Love is the bu- bubble in back of your waistline. I don't waste time. I gotta get, get on it. Just you and me, two glasses, civil patrolling in the club scene. With- What's up, world? Thanks for tuning in to Rodney Perry Live. Don't forget to follow Rodney on Twitter, at Rodney Perry. And for all your Rodney Perry updates, text Rodney Perry with no spaces to 41411. That's Rodney Perry. Mash that thing together and text it to 41411. Now, back to the show. It's Rodney Perry. Attention all aspiring comedians. Do you think you're funny? Do you have what it takes to be a comedian? Come out to the Green Room Actors Lounge, 25D Bennett Street, Atlanta, Georgia, 30309, and attend the Never Deny Improv class with comedian actor Mr. Rodney Perry. Every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. For more information, go to RodneyPerry.com or TheGreenRoomActorsLounge.com. See you there. Jonathan, don't hang up. I'm right here. Don't hang up. Stay there, cause I, I know, I know, I got your text message. I'm gonna make sure you talk to this lady. All right? <laughs> okay. 
right, y'all. It's time to bring on my next guest. One of well, this 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 lady is one of my my favorite comedians, one of my favorite human beings. She is also a Virgo. She is also a writer extraordinaire from writing with us on the Monique show to now she's over there at 106 in Park. I can remember seeing her face and saying to myself, I want to meet this lady. I want to know her because it's just something about the great energy she always gives off, one of the most positive, powerful people in the game. Ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado, my friend, fellow Virgo, and all-around fly lady, Vanessa Fraction. Woo! What up, Rodney Perry? What's up, Nessa? Now, now, you know, John. You know, I just got through talking to Jonathan Slocum. Jonathan yes. hit me. He hit me on the line. He said, "Dog, please let Vanessa Fraction know." Well, I'm gonna let him say it. Hold on, Vanessa, okay. Jonathan, you on with me, Vanessa Fraction? What, uh, Jonathan? Vanessa Fraction. Hey, how you world, feeling? I want, I want the world to know that you are my comedy crush. Really. Journey starting now um, was just going on that didn't want any woulda, coulda, shoulda's in my life. 
and mm. went to an open mic um, after a, a friend suggested that I try comedy and uh, got up there and uh, there was a guy in the audience said he was looking for a host for a show and I don't know what made me tell that man I was a comedian but I told him I was and he said if I was good he booked me I got off that stage and he booked me um, the, uh, what is it, $75 for five minutes? He said, I'll pay you $75 to do five minutes. I damn near shouted up in there. I was like, hallelujah! <laughs> <laughs> I never heard of such a thing. $75 in five minutes? That was crazy right. to me. And I, I was like, I don't know how this comedy thing works, but I'm going to figure it out. Because that's more than I make all day. So, right. Ain't that something? <laughs> that was something. I had two kids and being able to have to to figure that out, you know, and 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 paying babysitters and try to you know be a mother as well as a um, a career woman and and make it all work. It's been a it's been a it's been a journey, but it's certainly paid off, and it, it tells me that dreams really 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 do come true. Um, quickly, I, I was watching um, uh, TJ, uh, I mean uh, Terrence J. Excuse me, Terrence J. Received an award, the Be Next Award, and I was watching his speech, and they were just talking about how much dreams come true and stuff like that. And I was thinking about his journey, about how he, you know, wanted to be the host of 106. They told him no. He drove down to another city and tried out and just kept believing in himself. And that's what it's been for me. You know, you get those no's, you get whatever, but when you believe and you hold fast to something and hold tight, you know, you're, more than what you dream can happen. And now that brother is going on to be a, a host at E! Entertainment News, you know what I mean, yeah. all that. And I just... And I'm here working at 106, you know, coming from Chicago at uh, from uh, the open mic, the Cotton Club open mic on Mondays. That was where wow. I started. You, you know, Jonathan spoke to to being the warm up guy, a warm up person, and mm-hmm. uh, I want you to tell your story of you warming up and and that really, you know, kind of culminating you and you ending up over at 106. Most definitely. Um, and it's all about relationships, the relationships you build. And I, I speak that a lot to a lot of the younger comedians and stuff like that. It's a, it's treat people right. You don't never know who you're going to pass and who who is going to continue to be um, in your life in, the, in this industry. And it's just good to be good to people, period. But it did start from that. Um, I got a gig because a friend recommended me. Um, and said that you've got to have this girl come and warm up for um, the Black Girls Rock Awards, which are coming up uh, um, very soon, so be looking out for that. But she said, you got to have me come and warm up for the Black Girls Rock. And I had never did that. I never uh, warmed up for an award show. And once you've been on television and you did a few shows and you did this and that, you know, people try to talk you out of it. I remember some people trying to tell me, girl, you doing warm-ups or something? I'm blessed anytime I can touch a mic. So um, I always try to keep that in mind. But I went there to that award show and had a ball being around some beautiful people some beautiful women, and from that um, got to do the warm-ups for BET Honors, where um, Mrs. Obama attended and Aretha Franklin, we honored Mariah Carey and, and Spike Lee and, and, and just so many wonderful people. And um, it was from that, just giving my all, being the best me at all times and um, and looking at that job as I could have been hosting as far as I was concerned. You know, I took right. it very seriously. <laughs> and... Um, from from just doing that, people get to see who you are and get to see um, your comedy and things like that. And that's what kind of um, got I, – I, working with BET has been great. But um, doing that just kept me more in the BET family and, and, and had some more eyes on me. And they were able to say, like, yeah, I know that girl. I saw her open up. And folks don't know your name all the time, but they exactly. remember your, your energy and your spirit and your presence. How about the girl with the big hair? Oh, yes, honey, I was walking. She just had me cracking up. And it allowed me to be able to get in um, – an interview to to write, and because I had the uh, Monique show under my belt too, which was also from relationship. Because um, if I wouldn't have had a good relationship with you, Rodney, I don't know. You know, she. Asked. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because she asked but, you. But you in, know, in in your defense, in your mm-hmm. defense, it was it was less Rodney Perry, less Monique, 
and probably 60, 70% Vanessa Fraction. Because when you came on that show, they were, this is the deal, and I'm going to just keep it real. Monique did want a woman. She wanted a female voice in our writer's room, in which the season one we didn't have. And so she, she, she had told me, she said, Rod, I want a girl, I want a girl. And, and we had another girl perform that season. She was like, that's the girl. And I was like, hold tight, because I knew you were coming. I said, I mm. think you're going to like this girl. And she saw you, and she was like, you are right. And she just loved you. And more than more than the jokes of it, because our jokes, I think jokes are a dime a dozen. As comedians, that's mm-hmm. part of our job. We always come up with jokes, but your comedy is so linked into who you are. You talked about your children and what it's like to be a parent that's hustling and grinding out there and still having to deal with a baby daddy, you know, mm-hmm. with child support. And, and it was so real, and you were so connected, and that's what we saw, and that's what Monique saw specifically, and she was like, you're right, that's that's our girl. And and then the wheels, once the wheels get in motion, it, it, it's the rest is history. Amen. We've been turning ever since. That, that, I'm still family with everybody at the Monique show, and I've been on plenty of productions, but the Monique show has been total family for me. Like, we all still talk. We all, like, I'm <laughs> I work with one of them here at 106, but, I mean, we go out for drinks, we kick it, you know, so I'm I'm very blessed to have been a part of that family. Hey, y'all, this is Rodney Perry. You're tuning in to Rodney Perry Live. We're talking to fellow Virgo, fellow Virgo, fellow funny person. Uh, you can check her out on Twitter. She's at Vanessa Fraction. Um, speak to me about the journey of the woman in comedy because I think you have bridged a unique gap in maintaining your woman – Maintaining your sexy, but still being silly enough to be silly, Vanessa. Mm-hmm. Is, is that um, something you do deliberately? Yes, it's all deliberate. Uh, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> no, but you know what? It's it's a it's a fine ro- fine line you got to like travel on. I don't know the words I'm trying to use here, but it's like you want. It's still difficult being accepted as funny as a woman. I know. I remember talking to one young lady where I I know I was gonna kill a. a, a, a I was in a competition, and I was doing so good in that competition, like so good. And, and the whole time in that competition, I was wearing, like, blazers and a jacket. But when it got time to do the actual, the big show, I'm a, I'm a finalist in this show, I put my woman stuff on. I put a dress on, some heels, put a little rouge on, you know what I'm saying? I was ready. And, and that's when I lost it. That's when I lost the whole competition and came in last, you know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> I was so busy trying to be a woman and trying to, you know, be pretty and do everything that we were taught that a woman is supposed to be when comedy is far from that. You know, comedy is about jokes. It's about laughter. It's about not taking yourself so seriously. So if I have all this rouge on and all this different stuff, it seems like I take myself very seriously. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I had to learn how to um, be both and and embrace being a woman because after I found out that being sexy and cute wasn't going to get it um, uh, and had to depend on the jokes, I lost my womanliness and started acting like one of the dudes and cussing and hollering and and doing all that and trying to get respect and stuff. And, you know, and, and it's not about that. You have to embrace the fact that you're a woman and embrace the fact that you're a funny woman and other people will get with it too. But a lot of times we, we as women, have issue with that. You know, we're not as comfortable in our own skin, and it shows. You know what I'm saying? We don't know what to do with all this energy and, and, and what to do with all these things about us that don't seem quite ladylike, you know. And so either we'll uh, be too woman-y, I guess, and lean on that, or we'll mm-hmm. just be trying to be one of the boys, and that totally loses our essence, and we lose ourselves in that. And I can say that I went through that 
for quite a, a while. You know what I'm saying? Like if a dude has something to say to me, I got something to say back. You know what I'm saying? Or whatever. And I'm going back and forth, but I'm, I'm doing whatever I got to do, which in some of that you have to, but it's a fine line because you still, I believe, have to be a lady in this industry. You know, got to um, be a lady. Hey, for everything from Nick Mom's Night Out to the NBC Stand Up for Diversity to BT's Monique Show, your writer, you you you're a producer. I mean, I mean, I, I've I've had the unique uh, opportunity to sit down with you as a as a producer. And what's it like as you make that transition? Because it was a time I'm sure when you was just a comic, but you're more than mm-hmm. that now. What, what's it like to make that transition? Um, I look forward now to putting more slashes um, after my name, you know, comedian slash actor slash writer slash producer slash author. You know, mm. I want to put all those slashes behind my name, and I will say that it's just um, learning more about yourself, expanding, knowing that I'm more, you know what I'm saying, that, that actually all of this is bigger than yourself. I think that when we start off as stand-up comedians, it's all about us. You know, it's all about can you see me? Can you see me? And, you know, we want to get our point across, but understanding that to do that, we have to think broader than what we're thinking. It's about um, producing. It's about writing because then you can have more um, – uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You can you can have um, – you can do more with your own career. If I'm the yeah. writer for my stuff, I don't have to depend on someone else. You know what I'm saying? I can write, and it can come across the way that I want to come across. You know what I'm saying? If I'm producing it, then it's the things that I want, my real vision will be will be able to be seen instead of just being the talent. You know, and I think, again, a lot of this with comedians, it's about us. It's about our ego. Yeah, it's not about tough. being a servant. It's not about serving the people. It's about do the people see me. And now at this point in my life, it's more about how can I serve the people? You know what I'm saying? How can I use my comedy for good? How can I use my comedy to help other single women? How can I help use my comedy to be like, yeah, I'm single and I'm lonely, but it's my fault. You know what I'm saying? And to be able to talk about that, you know what I'm saying? How can I, you know, be a service to another woman who's paying child support and behind and know what it's like to almost get your your license taken? You know what I'm saying? Now, you you know, it's like to be one of the fellas. You know what it's like. It ain't that you don't love your son. It's just I got busy. You know what what I'm saying? What about going to pick up your kids and and, and he telling you no? Oh Not. yeah, that's the biggest one. I'm paid for a plane ticket. You won't put them on the plane. Now, now what I got to do? What, 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 what can I? How can I be of service to someone else to show them that, um, you know, it's all right, and to be able to laugh about it and to show the responsibility that you need to take in your own life? So, I guess that um, I'm saying all that to say is that um, as I'm growing as a woman, um, my career is growing too. Um, yeah. When I understand too that I'm not just. Uh, a stand-up comic. I'm not just a Death Jam comic. I'm not just a this or that. I'm not just a anything. I'm a much broader picture, and as I start realizing that um, of myself as a person, I'm able to um, display that in my career. And to be, I also teach a comedy class at the Green Room, too, for women, and I haven't done yeah. it in a while. I'm going to have to do it. I talk with uh, Miss Terry J. Vaughn, and she told me I need to bring my butt back down there. So <laughs> I definitely um, want to do that because it is a unique experience being a woman. You know, I was talking to one lady who was having problems sleeping with a lot of the comics, and I told her, you know, it happens. You know, you're going to sleep with your comrades, but I have a quota. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you just need a, <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> I think every female comedian can attest to having slept with one of our <laughs> – <laughs> if they were, if they were so lucky, uh, one of our now, counterparts. This is, this is my advice. This is, this is my advice to all yeah. my females. I say if you're gonna, in reference to men in general in the business, I say if you're a woman, at least if you're gonna make love to somebody in this game, at least let it be somebody you would anyway. 
he calls his he called it rhythmic conversation. I'd be like, dude, if you don't stop all this pimp talk to me, he is off the hook. I will say this, my father, like I say, my, I talk about my father a lot, but he loves my comedy, even my Death Jam. I remember uh, feeling funny about it because I said pussy more than 48 times during my Death Jam, but it was really, really funny, and my father thinks I'm the funniest woman in the world. God bless his and rest his soul. He always told me don't, don't judge myself, that God's going to take me wherever he needs to take me and just be patient. And that um, I was going to serve my purpose and to just keep believing in myself and just keep staying out there because my comedy isn't always for the people that's in the church. I will say pussy because sometimes maybe another person can't hear me unless I say something like that. You know what I'm saying? But I'm still here to speak to you. You know what I'm saying? I'm a hood preacher uh, more or less. You know what I'm saying? I'm just really, as I grow, I'm trying to learn how to balance it all just to balance it all. I don't want to be a, a holy rolling Bible thumper, but at the same time, I love God, and I keep scripture even in my comedy. I'm learning as a mother, as my son is going to be 15. He's another Virgo. His birthday is this week. So, okay. Um, um, and, and my daughter will be 13 soon, that there is balance. I don't want my kids hearing me bust out all type of inflammatory states, you know, all kind of weird right. stuff all yeah. over the Internet. So as we grow, we learn, you know what yeah. I'm saying, and we evolve. And, and I, I love myself, and um, and I love what the position that God has me in, and I pray that people continue to love me and grow with me and, and, and laugh with me as we go through this journey. So. As you as you as you embark on 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 this your your new year, um, yes. what's your resolution for Vanessa Fraction as you move into this this year? Keep moving forward. Yeah, that's my resolution. Your mother said the first time I was on your show, she and it made me cry, and I don't know why. Maybe it was just her voice, but she just told me, "Don't give up. Like keep moving forward." And sometimes I swear, you don't know why I'm getting tearful, but it gets really hard. I'm yeah. not going to lie to you. You know what I'm saying? It's very stressful. Sometimes I'm really tired and you get really judged. You know what I'm saying? But when you have something that wakes you up, like this, pa- it's a passion inside of me, writing jokes and being there for people and being able to speak to people. It wakes me up in the morning. For somebody to tell me you made my life better, for somebody to say I downloaded Crazy Bitch and watch it every day to help me get through work. You know what I'm saying? That yeah. touches me. For another woman to say, girl, I pay child support too, and my family thought I wasn't shit. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> but I know. You know what I'm saying? And I get that you understand me. Like, it means so much to me. And, um, and, and, th- and thank you, too, to everyone that has supported me to everyone that continues to support me. When I'm feeling really down, I promise you, I go read my Twitter. When I'm feeling really down, I go read my YouTube, and I listen to people that tell me that I've helped them or I made them laugh today or I made them feel better, and I am so thankful. Sometimes I can't speak to everybody on Facebook or on Twitter because I'm working. It's not that I don't care or that I, I don't want to respond to you. I love you, and I thank you, and don't think that I don't read it. Sometimes it's just I want to give you a personal response, and I'll end up procrastinating because I want to be personal to everybody. You know right, yeah, I'm, I'm the same and way. And I can't yeah. be, you know what I'm saying? So I just really want to say before we go is thank you, thank you, thank you. Twitter people, thank you. YouTube people, thank you. Even MySpace people, I go back and read that shit. Thank you. you know what I'm <laughs> wait, <laughs> wait, 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 yeah, Nessa, don't don't sign off because I got a couple people that want to talk to you. Tara, okay. Tara Ellis, you're on the phone with Vanessa Fraction. Hi, Vanessa. Hey, this is Tara from Chicago. Yep. Yes. Hey, is baby. Like, is this what I got to do to get in touch with you now? <laughs> what did I just say on air? I just said I tried so I hard, Lord Jesus. I know. I know. I'm sorry, Rodney. How you doing today, Google? Uh, yeah, whatever, Tara. You you done, you done, hey, you done stalked Vanessa me. now. What, what you got to say, sweetie? I'm sorry. You know what, Vanessa? I, I was listening to the whole interview. I got disconnected for a minute because I'm over the road, but I just wanted to say, 
I love you. I miss you. I'll be glad when you come back to Chicago, and hopefully I'll be back in. But I support every. You know, I've always supported everything you do. But I wanted to go through a little, little throwback moment when we were at the park on uh like eighty yeah. six and uh King Drive. You remember? Marlon Mitchell's son <laughs> was playing baseball. Yeah. Yeah, but I just wanted to say I still think about you from time to time. I even left you a message to your uh, I think your assistant, but. Just, just every now and then, you might see a message from me. So I'm, I'm still, I'm still out here following you. So it's I love so you, good to hear from you, Tara, and I will do my best to respond. I love you, girl. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right, bye, Rod. Hey, babe, thanks for the call, Tara. <laughs> what does that do for your heart to, to realize that people really connect to you that way? Um, and make me feel like I'm doing my job. My dad, and I speak of him a lot, but he, um, as a preacher, he used to always tell me, like, it's about the people. It's about who you can touch, who you can reach, not just about your life. And even every morning before we go to church, he stop us at the liquor store and some other places and be like, these are people, too. You can hug yeah. them. You know what I'm saying? Don't be acting all strange. And, you know, just really taught us to wow. be to love people, so I'm I'm just thankful, and I don't care who you are, I ain't no respect to a person, you could be a the president or a popper, I don't give a damn what you are, I'm going to give you the same love, the same hug, and the same smile, because I really do mean it. I think I might be biased, but this has been one of my favorite interviews, I completely love everything you stand for, but I think I just like Virgos, I really like Virgo people, because Virgo they people seem... are the business, honey. <laughs> I really do, and so, your journey, of course, it ain't been all good, but mm-hmm. what can you say to that young comic, male or female, that's coming up, that's at that, that, that place where they don't know to keep going or to stop? What can you say to them before we go? Mm, they don't know whether to go or whether to stop. Have mercy. I say listen to your heart. Hmm. You know, um, some people are listening to their mind and their pocket. You know what I mean? If if you couldn't make money doing this, would you still do it? Somebody oh, posed okay. that question to me, and I told them yes. In fact, I was doing it when I wasn't making any money. I know. And, I still, <laughs> and still do shows and, and, and sometimes doing for free because I feel like this is a show that I really wanted to do. Would I do this if there was – I would work a job and at night go and do this. I love it. So if you don't really love it, if it's not a passion for you, find out what your passion is and go for that. If this thing don't wake you up in the morning, again, if you couldn't do this and it was no dollar amount to it, then you don't really love this. And wow. this ain't what you really want to do. You're seeking something else and maybe you need to reevaluate. You know, but if this is, that you find that this is what you really want to do and that you really love it and you're thinking about quitting, stop, take a breath, and you got to know that you got to believe more than anybody else that this is for you and to um and to look at self. What is it that you're doing that's getting you so well out on this thing? You know Because <laughs> sometimes it is what we're doing. And, and, and start, and I would say to the new person, it ain't just about the nighttime. The daytime is the right time. The daytime is yeah. where you be getting everything done. Most of these comics are sleeping their days away and fucking around, and I don't know what the hell they be doing during the day. Yeah. But if I can work a full-time job in a day and still go out at night and the weekends, well, come on now. What are you doing? You know what I'm saying? Hey, so hey, I, I say I, to, I tell people to all the time, you're not working hard enough. If you're, you're not, not. If you're not. If you're not working, like you say, during the day and at night, you're not yeah. working hard enough. No, and I understand we work at night, but getting up at 1 in the afternoon and 2 o'clock and shit, that's not, you know, maybe you can pick a couple days a week that you do that because we do work right, but it's ridiculousness. Get to work. What are you doing? A lot of people are looking for, again, it's about about who's shouting for you and who's going to give you a standing O and and, and what's the, and I headline this joint, not to, I, I, 
eye, me, my eye, me, my eye. Shut your ass up and think about other people. I love it. Hey, it's been a super powerful show. Uh, Jonathan Slocum just hit me. He say, "Rock, can you can you can you hear how many things that we said alike, man?" I, I'm gonna bring Jonathan back on because I think I, as comedians, you know, we walk this journey, and a lot of times you feel like you're on an island. And mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. you when you start meeting your peers and really talking to them, you know, you find out that a lot of us had the same journey. Jonathan, how crazy is that, man? For for us to have two separate conversations yet be saying a lot of the same things. I'm telling you, I'm over here tripping because we have said some identical things. She mentioned the mm. word balance. You know, balance is key. It's crucial in your life. I remember the first time I did uh, a cruise for T.D. Jakes, he came out of stage, you know, when people get together at the beginning in the, uh, in the uh, auditorium. He said, how many of y'all ready to have church every night? And the place was like, ah! He said, we're going to he said, well, get off the boat. <laughs> he said, everybody have a little church every night. He said, we got local with comedy. We got group around with the jazz. And the club going to be open. You may not yeah. have some of the hardcore R&B classics, you, you know, stuff you want to hear. But you have to get up there and dance. Take your woman up there and dance. Yeah. Balance is what makes us. And this woman, Vanessa Fraction, oh, my God, you just put yourself another whole level with me because you get it. And that's what I tell you, Rodney, we love people, we love where our position is, and we're grateful. That's the key to it. Mm-hmm. Did Jonathan know? Also, I'm so sorry. Right, go ahead. Go ahead. Go, I, no, I was gonna say people don't know your journey. Like Vanessa is 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 probably you know one of one of my favorite Christians. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know. No, 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 no. But I know she knows the Lord. You know. But but, but, but real talk. You know, I think there needs to be a different category. You got mm-hmm. church folk, then you got Christians. Church folk mm-hmm. believe that they got to be at church 24-7. You know, they, they got to be in church all day because they don't really have a balanced life. But Christians, like real true Christians, know that God lives in your heart. And that, mm-hmm. you know, going to church is, is good to be around people like you. But that doesn't define who you are. Denominations don't define who you are. It's your no. personal relationship. So, yeah, I drink wine. Ladies and gentlemen, I drink adult beverages. Yes, I do. Am I, I, do. Well, I drink I drink vodka. Vanessa, I'm going to give you the last you, word. What's your, right, what's you know what we do. I wanted to say really quickly to Johnson that I saw you before I became a comedian when I was living in Atlanta. You were speaking at a, it was a woman's church. I can't remember. It was a big church in Atlanta. And um, and I remember that was one of the times when I said I could do this, I could do it because you were just so warm and so to get, and so quick and funny, and you were also at the very first show, I gospel show that I ever did. Uh, Bone talked about it before Rodney when we were at mm-hmm. your, your your room, but um, at um, at Reverend Meek's church in Chicago at Salem Baptist Church. Remember, I don't know if you remember, it was me, you, Bone. Uh, 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 who else was on the show? Uh, uh, Lord have mercy, I can't think. Beth Payne and 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 Jesus yeah. Christ. I can't think. I can't think right now. But you were you were there. You were just so. I mean, you have played a, a, a great role in my in my career as far as someone that I could see and know that I can still be myself. Like I, before, I decided to just talk any way I wanted to. I definitely was looking at you saying that I can because you're just so funny. But you're not like beating me up with with spirituality and scriptures and all like that. No. You're just funny, just like it's not like how you have the good music group. It's not. It doesn't have to be gospel. It's just good. It's yeah. just good music. Yeah. And you represent yeah. good comedy. It doesn't have to be gospel, which God bless gospel comedy. I love that, too. But I love just good comedy, period. Again, I, I, I always say people got to, you know, know, stay in your lane. 
you know, there are thousands of people, they want to hear comedy and from comedians who talk like them. You should never change. Y'all may not know this. One time about six, seven years ago, Cat Williams opened for me. Wow. Where? where? At, we were at the uh, at the Forum in L.A. Okay. At the Forum. Cat, 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 I was wondering, was it at a church? To, I was like. No, we used to play churches all the time. Cat was one of the best guys that could work a church. Cat did a story once. I'm going to tell you all this quick story, and i got to get out of here. We okay. we did it. We we used to play in a place called Stepping Up. Vince D used to have a place called Stepping Up in L.A. You know what I'm talking mm. about, Jonathan. And Cat, me and Cat would go down there and work, and it was so powerful because it forced us to be clean. And mm-hmm. and we would be in this little bitty uh, restaurant, which is now a Roscoe's, and we would be in there, and Cat Williams did this great story about taking this walk and the, and it was two two the guy was walking and and God said I was carrying you the whole I was amazed. Turn out he had told footprints on stage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but how are you amazed when preachers and pimps have so much alike? <laughs> they Hello. <really> <laughs> Preachers and pimps is cousins. You didn't and know. And he's that? another Virgo too, which I love. So is you know he? That, yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't is. know that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I would never forget. I never forget at the end of that show, and I'm, I'm gonna use the word. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Mother Rucker. Okay, I'm gonna say Mother Rucker. At the end of the show, I said, "Cat, dude," and this was stupid to me. That's the last time I've ever done this. I said, Cat, dude, you just did 30 minutes without cussing. You should come on. We should do clean comedy. And he said, Smoke, I'm going to tell you right now. That was the hardest 30 minutes I've ever done in my entire life. You know how hard it was for me to not say mother rucker? I wanted to say mother rucker to the mother rucker. And I kept even finding inside of my heart to say something. Cause I would never, ever, ever do that again, Smoke, I cannot do that. And it was after that, I saw him on the HBO special. And I was like, Yo, Cat, don't please. Don't change you. Don't change. Don't change. That's, Don't change. Yeah, that's, 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 a great, that's a great note to leave on. Thank you, Jonathan Slocum. Thank you, Vanessa Fraction. My Man, so, so, many, so many great human beings do what I do, and I'm so proud of my friends, Jonathan and Vanessa, and all of my friends that do this. I think Vanessa said it best. You got to make this about more than just you. You got to make this about more than your, the selfish thing that it is, whatever your endeavor is. I I I applaud Vanessa. I applaud the more slashes she's going to get behind uh, her name. And the one thing I think we all share today is don't judge yourself. Don't judge yourself. Like Big Fraction says, don't judge yourself. My name is Rodney Perry. That's our show for today. Y'all stay blessed. We out.